0: Welcome into the Siouxland Sports Insider College Football Podcast, presented by Firehouse and Docs down on 4th Street, and also our good friends at Size Locker Room and the Hawk Shop over in Iowa City. And uh, Mitch, uh, another uh, week of football complete. Uh, We've got some dandy games on deck this week. Um, Let's go ahead and and get after it, my friend. Yeah. Um, Go right ahead.
1: There's, I mean, there's a lot of good games, not just in the Big Ten, Big 12 uh, this week too. Uh, But uh, we'll start off with our, you know, we we normally haven't done this, but I think we're going to start to do this. Yeah. We'll give our lock of of the week and we'll do it for each respective conference. I'll do mine for for Big 12 and you can do yours for Big Mm Ten. There's a game that's actually being played tomorrow night, Thursday the 13th, six o'clock at West Virginia. Baylor travels to West Virginia, three and a half point favorite. I got Baylor winning by at least a touchdown. Uh, and I think that, you know, this, the, the team that Baylor has is poised to win a game like this. Their defense is good enough. Their offense is finding their ways with sh- uh, shaping. Uh, and, and when you look at West Virginia, they're only, they've won two games on the year, and their only two wins uh, before their bye, it came before their bye week, their bye week mm-hmm. already happened, were to a Townsend team and a West Virginia team. Or not a West Virginia, a, a Virginia Tech team. Virginia Tech. They lost to Pittsburgh, who's found themselves outside of the top 25. Kansas, who's resurgent and now, uh, you know, 19th ranked in the, the country. And then they lost to Texas, who, you know, just kind of beat up on Oklahoma. So, yeah. I think them playing a ranked team again in the Big 12 bodes uh, not well for them. Their losses to Kansas were, was 13, lost to Texas was by 18, lost to Pittsburgh was by 7. Um, I give Baylor a better uh, overall team than Pittsburgh is. So, therefore, even if they cover by seven, I still get my, my, my cash out. So, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much an absolute lock for this week. Uh, give me Baylor minus three and a half.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, I'm going to step over into the Big Ten Conference here, and uh, I really like this game. Um, Purdue's at home uh, Saturday night against Nebraska. Uh, they're giving 14 to the visiting Huskers. Uh, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell's back at quarterback, and um, I mean, I saw what now you know the Oklahoma offense is missing their quarterback. But I saw what he did through the air to Nebraska, and I get it; it's pre-Mickey Joseph and all that. Or no, it was it was Mickey Joseph was a coach, um, but I just I think Purdue through the air. I don't think Nebraska's seen but maybe one or two really good passing games. And I think Purdue's uh, set to to have a big night at home, and uh, I like Purdue to cover the 14 and uh, win this one going away. Um, I've got Purdue 35 and uh, Nebraska 13 um, Saturday night. So I I like what Purdue has at home. I think they'll have a great crowd. Uh, They're still in the thick of it with with, uh, the West division, and they just got to keep winning. So that's my one. I'm going to go ahead and nail down, Mitch. And uh, you can go ahead and get us rolling here on uh, the next four games.
1: Yeah, so there's four four key games in the Big Ten and Big 12 Conference. We'll pick two of each. Uh, you know, it'd be not a Big Ten, Big 12 podcast, especially being sponsored by Size Locker Room and the Hawk Shop. If we didn't talk about yeah. Iowa State or right. Iowa, yeah. uh, Iowa on the buy. So we'll, we'll cover Iowa State, Texas here. Uh, you know, if you get that same Texas team that played last week, look out. Yeah, uh, they, they, they look good. Really impressive against Oklahoma. Uh, Quinn Ewers back and gave us everything. No, not a doubt that the Oklahoma game wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, what he really is. Um, glad to see him back and healthy. Um, obviously, as an Iowa State fan, not super excited to see him back this early. Mm-hmm. Um, just because when, when he's playing, you know, Bijan was able to get a go on that defense, played extremely well. And it kind of looked like for, for a moment there um, Shark and his staff had, had gotten a game plan together and executed it for a full four quarters. And that game was nothing short of domination. Biggest margin of victory for either team uh, in the Red River rivalry and the first time a shutout had happened in almost, I think it was like 80 or so years. Just, I mean, an absolute just domination of a game against an OU team that you know, we saw a couple weeks ago go into Lincoln and just put the hammer down on a, on a D1 program that's on the way of an up-and-up now with Mickey Joseph, as you just talked about. So I don't know if it's you know Oklahoma after that win just taking a solid regression. They lost three straight games that are unranked. Um, this was the first time in a long time that the Red River rivalry, both teams were unranked going to the game now Texas obviously getting the the hitting the rankings this week at 22 mm-hmm. uh, the offense um, gives me worries for for Texas but then you go to, to Iowa State strength and it's been the defense yeah. and I think it's it's a good um, matchup of does an offense win a game or does the defense win a game because I feel like Texas's defense has shown spurts and they've been um, good at times. But, uh, you know, if you look at it statistically-wise, Iowa State's defense is tenfold better than what Texas' is. And then if you look at the other way, then obviously Texas's offense is tenfold better than Iowa State's has been right now. Uh, and really the Achilles heel for Iowa State's been the third-down conversion and obviously the, the points. Uh, you know, third-down conversions uh, completing 43%, which seems a bit high, actually. I think those mm-hmm. numbers – You threw in there the Iowa game where they completed uh, over 50% of third downs. And then I believe in the um, SEMO and Ohio game, they completed higher percentages. But in the games they've lost, just not able to sustain drives. And when you're not able to sustain drives, you put it either in – well, you put it in the the foot of a kicker. Either it's a punt unit or your field goal unit. And – you know, I, I think that for Iowa State, just needing to sustain drives, put seven points on the board more than six, especially in a game like this against a team like Texas, you're going to have to put more points on the board. Uh, I, I like this game to be a lot closer than what Vegas is given. Vegas is open the lineup right now, and I think it's sitting at 16.5. Uh, so they think Iowa State will lose by three, uh, round right around two, three possessions, which I think is kind of a lot. So you got to assume that sooner or later Iowa State kicks in offensively. And getting guys back healthy. I know Drill Brock's been nursing um a little bit of like an ankle or knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um hasn't been a hundred percent. Hopefully he's back to healthy. Offensive line's been a little bit banged up and not to their their full um strength that they've been all year. Uh you even saw Hunter Decker's limping around a little bit too. So hopefully they used the a little bit of the time to get healthy. Um they have a bye week coming up, so you know, I'm not I'm not one to ever rest any guys uh mm-hmm. going into to the bye week, but if you need to to get them a little bit more more usage out the rest of the year, maybe you do that, because yeah. uh, you know after the bye week you got Oklahoma coming to town, so it's going to be just uh, you know the, the games don't get any easier for for Iowa State, but it'd be a huge one for them to pick up, take away a three game losing uh, skid, beating a Texas team at Texas while they're ranked. Got all the hype going up. in Texas, like we talked about before the, the podcast, could be overlooking this Iowa State team too. They, they got yeah. Oklahoma State
0: yeah. next yeah. into town
1: and now that, Oklahoma.
0: That, yeah, that, that's the thing is Oki State uh, is on deck here. I do like Iowa State plus the points. You got Texas coming off the shutout, big win in the Red River rivalry over Oklahoma, 49 to nothing. Um, you know, it, it's hard to keep young kids up all the time. So, uh, you know, I look for a little bit of a lull here. Um, if Iowa State can can slow Texas down offensively, which I think they'll do, um, this could be a, a four-quarter fight. So I think 16.5 points is too many. Um, so I, I I would happen to agree with you. I would grab Iowa State in the points here.
1: Moving to the Big Ten East, the battle for the Big Ten East. Big Ten East, obviously, I, we feel like every year is the the more loaded than yeah. the Big Ten West. Um, but with Penn state, Ohio state, and Michigan, all over there, you got the two top of the three teams, Penn state traveling to, uh, the big house in Michigan, 10 versus five matchup, great matchup, yeah, 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, Marty, who do you like and, and, and who have you liked throughout the season and why in this game?
0: Well, I've been impressed with Michigan. Um, but the the Penn state win at Auburn earlier this year, um, Really kind of solidified me, and I know Auburn's not great shakes this year, but I, it was a big win for Penn State. I liked what they did; they've basically just taken care of business um, since then. Uh, you know, they're getting, they're getting a touchdown at Michigan. Uh, Michigan really, I mean, quite frankly, hasn't been you know challenged. Indiana was in the mix for a minute there um, last week before uh, that game uh, went went. Uh, Michigan's Michigan's way um Penn State um I guess what I'm looking at here since Michigan's at home I'd probably uh give the seven to Penn State I'd take Michigan uh to cover at home um I I like Michigan's defense a lot I think they're very good and I think their offense is just hitting its stride but I'm really impressed with the running back the quorum kid I, I think he's really good Um, He's a kid that can handle 20, 30 carries a game, and uh, he gets better as the game goes on. So I just see them uh, wearing out Penn State here and uh, pulling away with about a 10-point win here in the fourth quarter, Mitch.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is you talk about the rushing attack. Both teams are really good in the run. Uh, Penn State ranked 11th in the country on run defense and Michigan 13th in the country on mm-hmm. run defense. So both teams take away uh, the, the rushing attack, and if Corum can get the ball rolling and force this Penn State team to, to have to guard both ways, because um, although they are very good in the, uh, the rushing attack, they are 198th in passing. Uh, they give up right around 260 a game, mm-hmm. whereas Michigan gives up 160 a game. So yeah. you're already trailing by 100 yards through the air. You know, if you start to give up more than 100 yards on the ground, this game could then easily lean towards Michigan's way. If this game's a, a wide out at uh, Penn State, you know, I think it's you yeah. know a little bit different of, a, of an atmosphere, a little bit yeah. different of a game. But with Michigan playing at home, I do like the points at seven. Anything over that – I feel like I think you might, you know, get a bit of a wash. I think Michigan does win by exactly seven, mm-hmm. um, but the game could, you know, turn into how the the Iowa game was really close and could have hit the the spread, and all of a sudden Michigan tacks on a late touchdown with four or five minutes to go, yeah. and all of a sudden ends up covering. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it should be a great game. You know, a highly ranked matchup between the two. Uh, last year the game was was close. Michigan won 21-17. 20, uh, and I, I think a game could be just the, the same, you know, because Michigan is going to get everything and then more from this Penn State team. And, you know, I think that uh, the, the Nittany Lions are going to have to come out and have something to prove. I think, you know, they, they had a couple good games. You talked about the Auburn game and all, but then they go and play against the Northwestern team who we saw just get trounced by Wisconsin – and they win 17-7 at home against Northwestern. They have a bye week, so they got guys rested. Yeah. They're able to, to, you know, go into this game with a, as much health as they've had all season. And um, I think they have to come back and prove something. They have to keep this game close because, you know, in, in some of their other games, the, the Purdue game against a, a conference opponent gave up 31 points. You mm-hmm. know, you're able to squeak out a win against Purdue, um, but you'll give up 31 points. And then you go against uh, – some other teams and then you've you've allowed fewer and fewer points as the season has gone on well allow fewer points allow 17 give or take to to a michigan squad and all of a sudden you got yourself in a no ball game 17 14 uh, kind of spread going into the fourth quarter and you know i think that penn state would like their chances in that kind of game but you just got to make sure that you limit quorum running the ball and then uh you know, J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball because, you know, he, I haven't seen huge spurts with him yet, but I feel like there's one or two games in this season where he's really going to take off and just don't let it be against your defense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, next game here we're going to chase back over to your conference. Uh, Big 12, fantastic matchup. Uh, Oklahoma State at TCU and the Frogs are a four-point home favorite, Mitch. What are you thinking here? Ooh,
1: those those hard frogs, man, and Max Dugan. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's he's, there's not enough good things he's you, fun can, to watch. I like you can you can say about him. We've we've had the the pleasure of being able to watch him even when he was in high school playing he at Council Lewis Bluffs. Central, yeah. uh, it, it's it's really gonna be the matchup. I like the way that tc has been playing defensively. Um, they match up pretty even, uh, both sides. You know, um, with with Gundy's staff, they always play uh, bend but don't break defense. They give yeah. up a decent amount of yards, but really when they hone in. Um, that's inside the twenties. Uh, They're able to to really play some smart football. So you go to last year, and I like to talk about the last year's games a lot. A lot of the same rosters. Oklahoma State whooped TCU, yeah. sixty-three to seventeen. I'm telling you right now, that's not happening this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. TCU's out for some revenge. I know they were picked to finish. You know, fifth, sixth in the Big 12, they're like, how about first? Yeah. And and the best, easiest way to, to go and take it is to play the best team right now um, in, in the Big 12 in in Okie State. And I think that, you know, they've been a, a constant for a very long time. And I think it com- it's going to come down to quarterbacks. You have Spencer Sanders versus Max Dugan. I think just the dual threat ability of Dugan gives them a bit of an of an edge with him being able to take off and run, we saw a lot of it in that Kansas game where he was able to to take off and add to the the rushing attack they have. Um, But, you know, through the air, I think, uh, you know, for for the Horn Frogs, Quentin Johnston is just a man out there. And he had some insanely good plays against uh, Kansas that, that really kept him in the game. Uh, against KU, he had 14 catches for 206 yards and a touchdown. And obviously, Max found him um, early and often. I think you're know, going to want to keep that connection going as well. Because TCU is going to run the ball heavy. Um, they, they obviously shown that they can do that with their quarterback and running back. Um, but when, when you get your corners on an island, Look for that one-on-one matchup with big number one for TCU, yeah, and if Dugan's able to, stud, if yeah. Dugan, Dugan's able to exploit it, this game could be a lot worse than just a four-point spread.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like TCU at home. I just I've got some questions about Oklahoma State's defense, and uh, you know, let's not forget we just talked about uh, Texas uh, scoring off with Oklahoma State next week. Is Okie State, since they're on the road, are they looking ahead to next week to Texas? You know, who knows? But uh, I know they have a lot to play for here. But having watched Oklahoma State last weekend, I, I was impressed with them. But uh, I, I've i seen more out of TCU, um, to be honest, than I have Oklahoma State. So give me TCU minus four and uh, Max Dugan, uh, he'll keep it rolling. And, yeah, that receiver, that number one for TCU, he's a, he's a handful, man. So – I don't know if Oklahoma State will have uh, any answers to slowing him down. Um, and then uh, the final game we're going to check into this week, uh, Big Ten matchup, uh, Minnesota. Um, Given six and a half on the road at Illinois. And uh, Illinois um, just just made my Hawkeyes look, look silly last week. Um, you know, can't execute a five-yard drive if you're Iowa on offense. But credit – credit – Brett Bielma for the job that he's doing in Illinois this is year two Um, he's one thing he's doing is he's really having success recruiting in-state I mean and let's be honest Illinois is a program where a lot of schools come in Notre Dame um, Iowa Minnesota a lot of Big Ten schools recruit that footprint as does Big 12 so um, you know with Bielma taking over there and developing Relationship with the high school coaches throughout the state of Illinois. It's really going to be beneficial to them, and the trajectory of their program is, is on the move up. Um, but uh, Minnesota gets uh, running back, uh, help me with that name. Moe Ibrahim. Moe Ibrahim, there we go. Um, he's been injured, he'll be back in the lineup. Um, to me, this has slobber knocker written all over it. Uh, Illinois, uh, most likely out uh, without their starting quarterback. Um, and uh, will be playing their backup, uh, Arthur Sitkowski, who is very limited um, as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, I, I like Minnesota here, uh, given six and a half at Illinois, just because of the quarterback situation with Illinois. And uh, I think Minnesota can run the ball with some of the best teams in the country. And uh, assuming that uh, Ibrahim is healthy, um, he should have a big day Saturday, Mitch.
1: Yeah, as of right now, uh, Mo Ibrahim is, is probable, which is huge for Minnesota. And, you know, I, the last last time they played last year, 14-6 to Illinois gets the, the, the victory. And I think it could be a low-scoring game like that as well. It's just you have one of the better Offenses probably one of the best offenses in the Big Ten, and one of the better offenses in all of college football, and especially on third down, seventy percent. Yeah. Third down completion Not percentage bad. versus hundred and second for Illinois. So to me, yes, can both defenses are, are very good on you know on third down conversions on points. Um, I, each team lets up about eight points a game. Um, each team doesn't give up a ton of yards, uh, defensively. Um, but to me, it's Minnesota's going to be able to sustain drives. Illinois is going to punt a lot, a lot like they did last week, scored nine points though with how competent and, and sorry to say this without competent Minnesota's offenses, you're not facing the same IO offense that you faced last year. They're going yeah. to score more than six points or last week. They're going to score more than six points. Um, yeah. And if, and if Minnesota can get out and score a touchdown early and come back and stop you and then score another touchdown, uh, this game's going to get away from you really quick. I do like uh, the the six and a half, especially with it being under seven. I think if they they can easily cover by a touchdown. With Ibrahim back, I like Tanner Morgan and a quarterback too. Um, smart fifth-year guy that's able um, to run their P.J. Flex offense. and
0: Good decision maker.
1: Yeah, right? and get the ball downfield without turning it over, which is huge for them. Uh, I believe whoever wins this game is in Seoul of first place in the West I, I believe, believe right. cuz yeah. Illinois right now is is first in the Big 10 West. You know but you talked about Bilmo's Bilma squad ranked 24th in the country. They just played against an Iowa team and made them look really bad on offense. Mm-hmm. And what they've done in the rush game, the last two weeks against a Wisconsin team and against an Iowa team, I mean, I, I talk about getting a, a healthy Mo Ibrahim back. If they're able to go three straight weeks of holding a, a good rushing attack to little to no yards, you know, they're going to walk out of here with a victory, no matter what, even with a backup quarterback, just because it's in such of Minnesota's offensive identity to run the ball with Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. We saw with him out, you know, they they were susceptible to a loss. Yeah, you know, they lost. Against uh, Purdue and uh, with, with Mo not even playing a down after they went and played a Michigan State team and really took it to them, so when you take away that piece of the puzzle and PJ Flex offenses isn't two dimensional, you know Minnesota's can can lose this game. So I think Illinois just has to play their game plan on defense and then vice versa if you're. For Minnesota, they, you just have to stick to your offensive guns and, and run the ball down their throat and try to get some positive yardage and be able to to move the ball on third downs. And I think we'll see a, a great game. Probably a pretty close matchup, just like last year. I think we're seeing more points than 20 on the board. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll see.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks to Firehouse and Docs for their sponsorship and uh, Size Locker Room and Hawk Shop uh, for sponsoring our college podcast. Appreciate you listening in, and we'll look forward to speaking at you next week.